Okay, well, welcome. Um, we're, all, we're all set for the recording. Uh, for those of you um, coming on to the teleseminar who are here for the, the first time, um, if you receive an email announcement about the teleseminar, you will receive an email mm -hmm. with links to, to ways that you can hear the recording. We now have the recording available in, in different formats. It's on um, a, a podcast with iTunes. It's it's on SoundCloud, and it's, of course, on my website. So you will be receiving an email um, in a couple of days um, giving you the links to whatever way you'd like to hear the recording of today's uh, teleseminar. So welcome. Um, Again, just for those of you joining us for the first time, welcome. And um, again, we've got a good number of callers on board. Um, so uh, what usually happens is I want to share a bit um, uh, uh, about the um, uh, uh, about the theme for today's teleseminars. Maybe about take about twenty five minutes to talk with you about how the principles uh, relate to the topic today. And then I'd like to hear from you. Uh, so I will open it up to hear from you, whether you have questions or thoughts you want to share or something that you've realized about the principles. To do that, you, you need to press uh, start to on your phone. And I will remind you of that as we get to that point. Um, Again, for, for, for people, um, the idea here was that um, you, we'd get a chance to talk about the principles and that all of us who felt like it could contribute at some point uh, with their questions or their own thoughts or realizations about the principles. That's the idea of it being a town hall meeting. We're kind of all gathering in this three principles community here today in the teleseminar Um um, okay, so let's get started. Um, one of the things about the title for today is that it comes to me from a friend and colleague of mine in the principles, Bill Pettit. Some of you may have seen some of his videos. He's a psychiatrist, and um, he started uh, with the understanding meeting with Sidney Banks around the same time that I did back in 1983 in the San Francisco, California, West Coast area of the United States. And um, he went on to take the principles into um, many different places. One of the places was the University of West Virginia. Um, but in any case, he has videos out there and he's um, a really wonderful speaker. Anyhow, I heard him talking and it really was a nice way to talk about how um, thought plays out in terms of our experience of life and how in the field of mental health, anything that people are diagnosed with is really the result of chronic stressful thinking. Um, there may be different qualities to the thinking, but really that's all people are up against is their own repetitive um, habits of thought that um, have them feeling badly. Um, and I thought that was just a wonderful uh, way to describe it. And I thought, I'm going to take that and talk about it with people in the teleseminars today. Um, 
as I've reflected on that idea that all that we're up against is our chronic stressful thinking, meaning our habitual thoughts, our beliefs, as Sidney Banks talks about them. You know, I remember that uh, when I first heard Sidney Banks, that's what woke me up. What I woke up to was um, that the only thing creating the feelings that were uh, troubling me uh, were uh, was the way that I was using thought to create them. That's how what I saw the first time I heard Sydney Banks, because before that, um, there were many, many things that were creating my uh, feelings or my experience of life. Um, there was work, there was boss, there was my colleagues, there was traffic, I mean, a horde of things that um, I would point to as a result, that would result in the feelings I was having. And uh, it led to, you know, a lot of stressful experiences because um, I didn't know how to fix all those things. And I looked to them as being the reason for my feeling, the negative feelings I was feeling. For me, it was bother, annoyance, irritation. And I um, followed what we might call the pollution model of, of stress and uh, negative feelings, meaning that uh, feelings are out in the environment and um, they're in this building where I work. And when I enter the building, these uh, stressful feelings fall on me because work is stressful, for example, you see. So I was following that kind of model that that my the feelings I was having was a result of um, getting caught up in the stresses and strains of my outside world. And when I first heard Sydney Banks that evening, it just um, just uh, really, in a way, uh, corrected that whole way of looking at life. And I realized in a moment that the feelings I was dealing with were being created through the way I was using this beautiful gift of thought. Now, I didn't know it well enough at that point to really be able to live there, but it woke it up to what the truth was. And in that moment, I realized um, really nothing was causing um, the experiences I was having of life except for my habitual thoughts. And I had habits of thought, to call them chronic stressful thinking, that would create bother in me or irritation or annoyance. So I was in a lot of judgmental thinking. I was in a lot of comparison. I was in a lot of fault finding. And um, and that's really all that I was up against. It looked like I was up against life situations. And uh, in that way of thinking, I either had to leave that situation, like find a better job, for example, or try to fix it, um, which was tough to do. It's hard to change the circumstances of your life or get people in your life to change. I don't know if any of you tried that, but I think people like the, like the way they're living and don't want to hear opinions about how they need to change things. So it was a lifesaver, actually, to hear that... Um, all I was up against were my long-term habits of thought. And um, although I 
um, knew it at some level where it shifted me a bit, I still had a lot of learning to do in order to really see that truth. Um, so I wanted to just share that with you today and talk with you about it. You know, Sidney Banks in his videos that are out there and also his video programs that you can purchase, and I really would recommend those, like uh, the Long Beach um, lectures or the Hawaii lectures or the Washington lectures. They're all really wonderful um, ways to see uh, Sid and to continue to learn from him. It's surprising how much feeling comes through these videos that were made, you know, many years ago. But in any case, what he shared is that all of us uh, develop habits of thought. There's no getting away from that being in the human condition. And everybody has their own habits of thought, although, although some may be common, like, you know, comparing yourself to others and then feeling bad because you don't, uh, you're not achieving as much as the other person. Um, for example, those may be common. We have our own uh, chronic thoughts that produce for us stressful feelings or low mood feelings or anxious feelings or angry feelings. But it is wonderful to know that all we're up against are those learned beliefs. And truly, um, if we can see them more in terms of the truth of the matter, that all they are are learned thoughts, thoughts that we've learned growing up, that were passed on to us as we were growing up, um, they begin to um, help us live the life we're meant to live in happiness and well-being. It is so. It was so relieving for me to see that that was all I was up against rather than those five or six areas of life that were things in my life that were causing me to feel the way I was. To get freedom from thinking that way was just uh, relieving for me. Um, so uh, when Bill talks about that, he has certain, uh, you know, categories of thinking that are, are these chronic stressful thoughts. And I've seen them too, you know. Every one of us could probably identify what those are. I think one of the major ones I talked about um, in our last teleseminar last month is to think about yourself. Um, we've all learned habits uh, growing up to measure ourselves in some way, you know, to see how we are doing. I remember in um, my uh, grammar school, um, so I was educated in grammar school a long time ago in the 50s, 1950s. But what we would do in a couple of classes, I think, uh, a couple of classrooms, so fifth grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, um, we would have like a, a chart with our names and there would be pins uh, to show how we were progressing in our subjects. So every day you could look at this chart and see where you were. And um, so right from the get-go, you know, very early in life, I started to get into the habit of thinking about how I am doing. So, my goodness, if that isn't chronically stressful, I don't know what can top that. Um, 
I mean, really, huh? Uh, and so I could remember, I don't remember fully, but I could remember feeling bad at some of my pins, you know, in terms of compared to other people in the classroom, you know? So isn't that something? Um, now, I thought it had to do with um, reading and math and it had nothing to do with that. Those feelings had nothing to do with that. It actually had nothing to do with me. It had to do with a belief system that was starting to get uh, established in my thinking about me. And um, so, so, that, so that's just one example, one short story. Um, you don't have to worry about me. I've been able to, <laughs> to get beyond that thinking from those early days. But again, it's just one example of, of a big way that we are chronically stressful in our thinking, and that is thinking about ourselves, measuring ourselves, monitoring ourselves. I'm doing a lot of mentoring and life coaching in the principles now. I'm devoting a lot of my life now to that. And you can hear that in people that, you know, um, they're caught up in a lot of just this chronically uh, stressful thinking about how they're doing or or uh, monitoring themselves. People coming into the three principles uh, world to try to share the principles with others feel that a lot as they compare themselves to people on these videos, you know. And so um, they start thinking about how they're, you know, what little, what it looks like, what little they know of this understanding compared to what they hear in these videos. In fact, I hear people... Um, who are just caught up in life. You know, they're caught up in their chronic stressful thinking and they hear these like um, wonder stories of how people get free of their, of their negative feelings, free of their depression, free of their anxiety. And they start thinking, wait a minute here, I'm still bothered. How come I can't be like that? So um, I'm not saying anything against these videos or anything like that. I'm just giving you examples of, of how, chronic, how long-term uh, this thinking we have about ourselves can become chronically stressful thinking. But that's all we're up against. We really, there really isn't anything wrong with us. We're not slow learners. Um, there's nothing wrong that uh, we're not getting it, uh, these um, life-changing insights all at once, but they're more of a gradual, uh, stepwise insights into the principle. There's nothing wrong with that, except that we think there is, given the long-term nature of the habits we have to think about ourselves, right? Right, so... Once people who are starting in the principles realize that if they have seen something about this understanding that has helped them and they share that, they are as impactful as anybody in the principles. It's only when we start comparing that to others do we start to feel badly about what we know or see it as how little we know. We start to look at those pins on the chart and say, oh my goodness, Dick and Bettinger's pins are way beyond me. I don't know if I'll ever catch up. So that's one area uh, in this idea that we're all we're up against is chronic stressful thinking. That's one area 
that really carries with it a lot of stressful thinking that makes us feel bad. Again, excuse me, if we go back to the principles, um, what you what you use thought for to create, if you're creating uh, chronic stressful thinking, you're going to feel that. Because all of you follows what is formed in your mind through this power of thought. Now, the thinking isn't wrong or right. Uh, This spiritual fact of thought is neutral. Again, it doesn't care how you use it. Um, But when you begin to recognize that's all that you're up against is the way you're using this gift of thought, And if you can see that in terms of its neutrality, that we're all doing the same thing, and sometimes we're creating uh, painful thinking um, without judgment, see that without judgment, you're fine. It'll start to give you more and more freedom to think other ways. Other ways that uh, people get caught up in this chronic stressful thinking is uh, resentments and grudges. So many times uh, I've worked with people in my career that uh, are are holding on to, you know, 30 years of resentments or a grudge toward a family member from um, 20 years ago. And um, they, you know, uh, again, because of the habitual nature of our thinking, um, thought that kind of comes up more often than other thoughts, you know. And so when it comes up, people live in it. They begin to think about it again. Uh, again, I was just talking with someone last night who started to catch on to the fact that all they're doing is um, remembering. They're just remembering um, something in the past. And then once they caught on to that, they started to see that uh, the way they were remembering, too, was, was, uh, was a, a uh, learned habit. So something from the past comes up, the way um, our parents uh, dealt with us or the way, um, you know, our friends treated us. And that memory comes up and it's a bit biased toward uh, resentment about that treatment. But this person last night saw that even the resentment is kind of made up. There could be other ways to see that. And once this person last night saw that, Uh, there were other ways to see that Um, they got freer of looking at the past with this chronic stressful thinking of resentments or grudges. So, you know, resentments, grudges, bothers, they're they're all in the same kind of category of chronic stressful thinking. Um, I've told the story many times for me that um, uh, uh, I've known my my uh, sister-in-law for 40 years, you know, I kind of grew up with her because I was dating her sister, my wife, (laughs) for a long time in my life, you know. So, and there would be things that she became when she was in a family setting that would bother me, irk me. And once I started to understand the principles Um, I kind of saw that that thinking was off. You know, that's how I saw it. Seeing her that way was, again, a habitual way, a chronic way that 
I was thinking. And so I kind of got some freedom from that. And when I did, um, when she was in a family setting, I, I kind of looked at her in a different way. And it came to me that, you know, this is her way of going about being with family. She learned her way of thinking about what it's like to be with the family. And um, maybe some of it is also that she's caught up in her own chronic stressful thinking at the time. So with that understanding about another person, again, being like me, uh, we're all the same using thought in different ways and sometimes in this chronic stressful way. Uh, when I saw that about her, my heart went out to her. I had a different feeling about her. I had understanding and uh, deep understanding. And so I was in a different way of experiencing her. And um, and it's it, and and so um, that's how my relationship has deepened with her over the course of time now, over the course of like some 20 years that I've seen that through the understanding of the principles. So those are just examples of of this chronic stressful thinking, you know. Um, and I'm sure um, I don't want us to delve into examples of chronic stressful thinking because you know if we get into personal thinking about it we'll start to we'll, we'll start to to live in that i just want us to see that really that's all that we're up against and once again it leads me to share with you that you're not up against the personality it has nothing to do with some fixed way of being it's just habits that have become beliefs that we don't even see as beliefs or thoughts. It, it looks real to us because the minute we think it, it's already a, a reality we're living in. Um, but to begin to point out that we're all up against some chronic stressful thinking and that's all we're up against begins to help us recognize um, that we're really creating a reality to live in through the principles of thought and consciousness. And uh, again, these neutral, spiritual, formless energy that we're a part of that allows us to live in uh, life, to navigate life. It's a beautiful gift. But again, through life, um, as Sid says, you know, we're all born with these beautiful gifts and this beautiful feeling, but we can't escape getting contaminated in the way we use it. Um, and so it isn't like there's anything wrong with this. It's just beginning to wake up to the fact that that's all we're up against is some learned ideas about ourselves and about how to live life and where our feelings and experience of life come from. And once we begin to get just a little glimpse of truly where the truth lies within our consciousness, within this power we have to create, once we start to get glimmers of that, we begin to live life in the way that we're meant to live, through understanding, through the feelings of love, through the feelings of, of freedom to think. And so, um, and so I wanted to just share this with you today, uh, that there are many uh, areas uh, that we might be able to call chronic stressful thinking that look more than just that. Particularly if they get into maybe more serious realms, you know, where um, 
I don't know, uh, people really get into pa- panic uh, or, um, you know, kind of get suspicious of life uh, or suspicious of other people's activities. You know, they may get to um, where they, where they um, what would you call it, they kind of um, take over uh, 90% of your thinking, you know, but it's still the same thing. It's nothing is different than that. And, um, and really, um, once people wake up to that fact, they can begin to shift. In fact, the minute you wake up to that fact, the minute it starts to resonate with you, the minute it starts to look true to you, you've already shifted. You may not have been able to really, you know, move away from it, but you've already shifted to just begin to see that it's true, that it ha- that the experience you're having of life is really uh, coming from the way you're using thought. And we're looking today that the difficulties that we think and the problems that we uh, look like we're facing are really the result of chronic stressful thinking. You know, we looked at some of the, the usual ones that are uh, bigger than other things that are more unique to each individual's learning. Um, but really, um, again, that's all we're up against. Um, I had an interesting conversation um, with a client who was up against a lot of stressful thinking and uh, could only find peace when they practiced their music. And so we looked at that and said, well, what is different? And what is different is when somebody played their music, they didn't think about their, they didn't think about themselves. They simply did not think about themselves. So people say at times who are in the arts, I got lost in my music. I got lost in my dancing. I got lost in my sculpture. And all that means is um, people let go of their chronic stressful thinking. Now, they don't see that. They don't say, okay, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go do uh, some painting, artwork, art painting. Um, and so what I'm going to do is let go of my stressful, chronic stressful thinking. They don't do that because they don't know about it. Um, and even that doesn't work. But but that all I wanted to do with these examples is, is share that when people lose themselves into their art, their form of art, they have let go of their chronic stressful thinking. They must because if they didn't, they couldn't get into it. They just couldn't get into that flow. And pe- there have been people, of course, who are artists who have a bad day practicing. And that most of the time, that's because they're in some kind of chronic stressful thinking. They might be comparing themselves. I know for a long time I played the guitar. And when I was learning some new kind of scale or something and I couldn't get it the way I thought I should or get it as quick as I should see chronic comparisons, um, I would be frustrated and I just couldn't get into the flow. So anyhow, just wanted to bring this to your mind. Um, the I, the way that Bill Pettit, my colleague and friend, so beautifully um, 
talks about really a mental illness. He really defines it as chronic stressful thinking. And I think that really brings comfort and peace to people. Even though they may not see that, they get hope from that message. Now, I, before we go on, I just wanted to share with you that um, about two months ago, I was asked to do a presentation on mental health for the Three Principles Global Community um, Mental Health Community of Action. I think that's what it's called. Um, and I talked about mental health and Bill Pettit was on the call and he came in and talked a little bit about this idea he has of it being chronic stressful thinking. So there is a, a video of this. There is a, a video available. And, um, and so I thought for people on this call, if you wanted the link to that video to, to really hear it more, he comes in about halfway. Um, I gladly send it to you. So I have a new email address and it's Howard, my last name, Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D at drmarkhoward.com. D-R, not, the, not right out doctor, drmarkhoward.com. Howard at drmarkhoward.com. Send me a request for that video and I'll send it to you. Um, so uh, you so so here's some ideas I have about mental health from the understanding of the principles, and you'll hear Bill Pettit a little bit in there too. Anyhow, uh, so I wanted to share with you um, the I, the theme that all we're up against is our chronic stressful thinking. And now I want I would love to hear from from any of you if you have a question or if you have uh, some thoughts about. Uh, the, the today's teleseminar, or if you want to share something about the principles, that would be great. I, I want to keep it within the principles, whatever you're sharing. So, you know, that's the only um, that's the only um, rule about sharing, I guess. You know, is keep it within the principles in some in some sense. But if you do, um, then I want then then press star two on your phone star two on your phone and I'll see that and um, and then uh, invite you in. So we have one from Chris. Hold on, Chris. Hello, Chris. Hi, Mark. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you fine. Oh, great. Hi. Um, hi. So, right. uh, so a couple things I wanted to touch on. First, um, thanks for relaying earlier in the call here where you mentioned that um, even three principles practitioners try to measure themselves against others, which shows you that even with a greater understanding of it, you're still, you're still susceptible like the rest of us to that comparing, which was really good to hear. <laughs> that, well, Chris, um, that's really yep. true. Uh, Chris, there's something to say there, you know, it's really true. And um, I'm not talking about other three principles people. I'm talking about, some new people coming into the three principles, but but I could say that I do. And now, what protects me and what gets me sane again is I I realize what's going on. You know, I just got caught up into this chronic, chronic thinking we're talking about. You know, but I think um, 
you know, Sid says, once you've learned habits, they don't go away. But, but understanding the principles allows you to live beyond them um, and to take care of yourself when they show up again, you know. So that, that's what I meant by that, you know. So, yeah. so I just wanted to, to share with that, you know. That's so, great. Yeah, the, the one thing is, I wanted to also, yeah, I wanted to mention that it, just at least for me, um, the three principles has become um, more of a realization, and it's not a technique, uh, which which I think makes it so profound. I mean, you're kind of you're shining a light on something that's already there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, and and the other thing was I, I actually I believe I heard this on one of those Sid Banks um, lectures, and he he mentioned about ego, which is what he what he said was is that that's the image of self-importance that destroys all the spiritual knowledge that lies within. And I kind of wanted to get your, your take on that. I mean, that's, that's a pretty succinct and um, good kind of uh, a point there about how the ego kind of plays into us and that the self-importance that we have and compromises our thinking. Well, Chris, before that, you said something very powerful about it's a realization rather than technique, and it points to something that's already there. Uh, I think, Chris, that's really a powerful uh, glimpse you have um, of this understanding. I mean, the more we can just see that, the more we're going to move to what we're meant to live in, love and understanding. So it's already there. It's not like uh, we're putting something into people. It's uh, the difference between manufacturing a product, that is building it and giving it to someone, and mining a product, which is just chipping away until you uncover the minerals, right? And uh, that's the piece. It's already exists in, in, in us. We're already what we're looking for. So, Chris, that was like a very, very powerful thing to share with us. Um, um, so, yeah, you know, this is helpful too, what Sid says, you know, ego, what he says ego is, is not the Freudian uh, ego. It's not something that really is, uh, exists, but it is this thinking of, of our self-importance. And uh, again, it's what we talked about today a bit, that um, he would say, um, he doesn't say that critically, but he would say we're we're so we think we're so important that we think about ourselves. You know, <laughs> like he would say it that way. You know, in the sense of what we out, what we outlined today. You know, comparing ourselves and uh, getting jealous and um, all of that kind of stuff, right? And so he, well, how that's helpful to me is um, again, I think. Um, being in the human condition and learning habits, we do think of ourselves and we do get a sense of our own self-importance, our own image that we're important here. Um, and it helps me stop it. It just helps me step away from that to see that I'm a part of something greater than Mark Howard, my own sense of how important I am. And uh, so uh, when I hear him say that, 
I reflect on his definition of ego, which is an image of self-importance, thoughts that we are important. Now, he goes further at some times when he shares that, which to me are really kind of deepening. He says that we think we're, the ego is some sense of self-importance. We think we're important in this life. And, um, and I think, again, in my hearing him, what he means by that is uh, we're more than what we think we are. And uh, we, we, um, we try to get our image right for living in this physical world when we're really the spiritual energy. And uh, so, um, but when he says that, it softens my thinking to realize, oh, I'm more than this thinking of myself, you know, and thinking I'm so important that um, I think I know something better than somebody else or I could get envious of somebody else. Uh, I'm putting, uh, I'm, I'm getting thoughts about myself being important. So that's how I take it, Chris. And there are ways he talks about that that just settle me down, particularly when he says we're, we think we're important in this life. Meaning that there's more to us than we can imagine, and uh, we're part of something greater uh, than um, Mark Howard or Chris. Now, that doesn't deny that, you know, we're valuable people in the world and so forth, but it takes us away from that thinking that we're important where we get caught up in these chronic stressful thoughts. Yeah, it's quite that's humbling. what I that's quite what hum- I think. Yeah. yeah, it's quite yeah, humbling and it also it also it also yeah. goes to the whole concept of mind, right? I mean that we are all part of the same essence, right? That's right. That's right. That's quite smart. Thank you, Chris. Um so um just going to Mute you again. Thanks a lot, Chris, for sharing that. Um, anybody else have something they'd like to share? You need to press uh, star two, and um, we'll, you know, you, you know, we'll hear you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's that simple. Um, love to hear from you. You know, it doesn't, you don't, you could share anything you'd like with us. That's what this, you know, teleseminars teleseminars about. Anybody have any question? Uh, anybody who's been reflecting on the principles, you you have any questions about the understanding of the principles? Oh, okay, here we have somebody. Um, Fred, I've unmuted you. Hold on. Okay, Dr. Howard? Is that Fred? This is Fred. Hi, Fred. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Well, you asked four or five times about input, so (laughs) here I go. Um, 
I guess I'd like, maybe not today or maybe in the future, um, contentment. You mentioned in a prior teleseminar uh, that, uh, you know, it came down to contentment. And when I heard that, the only thing that came to mind was a contented cow. It's kind of like, you know, you just have to, to be there and everything will happen naturally. And, I've, you know, as you know, I've been exposed to this, so I've gotten a lot out of it. But I also have um, a great respect for deductive reasoning. Bill uh, Dale Carnegie, you know, what's the problem? What's the cause of the problem? What's the possible solutions and what's the best solution? And um, I wrap that. You know, I use that. I've used it my whole life. It's kind of like I can improve myself. Um, I guess out of the principles I've gotten when I'm all bothered or anxious or angry, it's a, a, a cue for me to say I'm in the wrong place and to quiet down. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of mm-hmm. what I've gotten out of it. And, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot of room for improvement as a human being. But... um I've always I've had great value out of um, trying to see if I can you know improve even now at this ripe old age you know what you know how how am I responding and you know I can see where I failed and so I, I'd like to not necessarily in any length today but I, I sure would like your input on that and see if if uh, I'm on you know not on the right track or not but just your 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 thoughts on that. Does that make sense? So, uh, yeah, Fred, I, I heard a couple of things. So um, uh, I, I might also look at something you're sharing and maybe <clears throat> bring it to a teleseminar. But if you, wanna, um, if you want to uh, get something on contentment, um, that's on this uh, uh, video I shared a moment ago where uh, I was talking to the three principles global community community of interest. That's what it is, community of interest. And I talked about mental health being contentment. So uh, drop me an email and I'll share the link with you because I talk about contentment a lot there. And then uh, Bill Pettit comes in to add his uh, thinking on the matter. Um, I think in terms of self-improvement, um, there's two ways to go about it. Um, in the principles world, self-improvement is simply um, discovering more of your true self. And um, because you're already uh, improved, you know, you're already a perfect being and you're operating perfectly in the sense that uh, you are creating your experience through the principles like everybody else. And, um, but, um, what you're looking for in terms of, um, uh, a greater, uh, uh, way of living in life, uh, is already there for you as, uh, Chris alluded to. So with the principles, it's more about uncovering more of, of what you are already. Um, uh, so it isn't like you set out to self-improvement. Uh, you just stay open and reflective to uh, understanding more of, of Sidney Banks' teachings. Um, the other way of self-improvement is kind of like um, identifying things about yourself and then uh, setting goals and ways to improve. 
Um, that's another model. Um, but the way of the principles is really you're already what you're looking for. Uh, that uh, the self improvement route is a bit of um, illusion. Um, so so that's a brief way of talking about it. Now the other piece to this is that once you um, tap into noticing something about the principles, you may see. I'd like to get better at that, or you may see. Uh, an area that you were operating with that you weren't uh, treating somebody well. So you you just out of the just out of the wisdom that comes to you through an insight into the principles, you may see that you'd like to get better in that area, for example. Um, and that's different than attacking it with um, inductive reasoning. To me, when that has occurred to me. I just kind of hold it lightly and um, stay reflective about wanting to see more in that area. Uh, for example, I'll just give you my colleague of mine is an example of that, Kathy Casey. Kathy Casey is a wonderful, wonderful three principles person. And I don't know, 15 years ago when we were working with the Franskys business program, we had a retreat and it was pointed out to her that she really talks fast. She really has a lot of speed to her talking, for example. I don't remember exactly what was pointed out to her, but I'm going to share that. So she reflected on that. She was humble to see, okay, I don't really see that well yet. I want to get better there. But she reflected on that. She didn't set goals. We didn't work with her in the group to uh, move uh, with with uh, a way for her to get better at that. Um, last year, I guess, yeah, at the 3PGC conference, she was in a breakout session with me, and she said, what I got from this conference, I saw how to be quieter. I And she told everybody, you know, I'm somebody who is really speedy in their talking, uh, or in their way in life, and I just saw how to be less that way. The reason I'm telling you this story is you can see that it took time. Now, it doesn't mean that it'll take time, but she just stayed reflective on this. She just kept looking at this, how to get more understanding about that piece of herself. And all of a sudden, in the in this uh, conference, she got an insight. So, so again, it doesn't mean that you may not see things that you could get better at. The way of going about getting better is different because you want to get it from an insight and a realization. You don't want to get it at the level of the thinking at, that's creating it in the first place. So I'll just stay with that for you, Fred. But... Um, I'll look at that. I might look at self-improvement and things like that, maybe as a next teleseminar. Um, but uh, around contentment, go to Howard at drhoward.com and um, send me an email and I'll send you the link to the video. Thanks, Fred. Good to hear from you. Um, there's somebody else here who's got their hand up and I want to get to her. 
before the time is up. It it, it looks like Janice. Is it Janice? Oh, hi. Monica. How are you? Yes. Hi. Hi. Hi, Janice. Hi. Um, how are you? I I met you uh, at a seminar that you did in uh, West LA around the holidays, around Christmas time. And, oh, with my um, son. With your son, yes. And yeah. I was really impressed. You're you're just. It was a wonderful. You know, it was great. It was really nice. And um, I just happened to be off today and have the time to kind of chime in and listen to you. But I, I just, you know, you touch on so many things that are just amazing. Um, but I'm kind of afraid to use these principles. There's, I have my own kind of strategies that I do where I don't do a lot of thinking. Um, it's more uh-huh. action. Unfortunately, I love to read. I love to read other people's thoughts and get ideas. I'm very, um, you know, open to people. Um, but I'm kind of like in this space where I really need to focus on something for myself right now. But I, I, I have a lot of patience and love, and and a lot of my friends have children who are schizophrenic or who have problems and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm, you know, but for my own self right now, I have the glimpse of the principle. I have a little bit of understanding of it, and I'm afraid of it. (laughs) This is crazy as it may seem because, and I am not one to resist from changes, but I'm kind of like caught in my own everyday life and simplicity and not I'm not a big talker. I don't talk a lot. I just kind of go about my daily life and practice peace. But I don't know what action, um, you know, because a lot of it's thinking. And I'm just kind of like, oh, go with the flow. Let it be. Don't fight it. Uh, I'm content. One day I'm content and then... You know, I'm not content, and you know it's that you know the roller coaster. But how do you kind of tame that fear of the principles of oh my god, I'm afraid it's going to take me somewhere I don't want to go because I have my own thing going here, and I don't know how to really apply it to my life. Does that make sense? Well. Um, I would like an opportunity to sh- to. to- to talk a little more with you because I think that um, there's nothing in getting a glimpse of the principles um, that says you've got to change anything. Uh, The understanding of the principles will, uh, will kind of shift you in and of itself. Uh, So do you mind telling me, um, what the glimpses you have of the principles? Like, what is it that you see? Um, the the thought, the, the the consciousness. I think I see the consciousness of it. That it's a bigger thing. That I I'm. It's the type of people that the principles come through. That I see how and devoted they are and what they're getting from it. So I see that there's something there that's valuable 
and creative or powerful and mm-hmm. but i'm I live more in the physical world sometimes i mean i'm I'm spiritual, but yet i I'm not sure what to do with them. I know it's an awareness it's an awareness of the consciousness that this we have this beautiful global consciousness you know people are seeking now people want to be happy people want to share um they like support the group support um just in a normal everyday kind of thing but when i you know, like this week i've talked to several people about the principles you know like it'll come up mm-hmm. with um louise hayes uh you can heal yourself and so i'm always looking for an opportunity to share them but they people don't get it so i feel like well i'm just maybe i'm not dealing it dealing with it right or maybe they don't want to listen to me and they want to read the book or you know i don't feel like i'm really <laughs> getting any response from that sharing the principles with people for me you know like i well I, there's I have, a, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a couple like, of things. Okay, I'm talking to the uh, walls. <laughs> uh huh. Well, you know, there's a couple of things here as you covered a few things. So let's work backwards and really briefly in this time. If you wanted to drop me an email, maybe we could talk a little bit longer here. But okay, sure, sure. Thing. Yeah, I, I realize yeah. time. No time. No, but yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, you can't share the principles without permission and without listening first. So listening is the big piece that guides how you're going to share what you've seen. And you have to really have permission to share them. So, but if you have both, uh, people will will, uh, at least accept what you have to say a bit, you know? Now, (laughs) consciousness, consciousness, is not this global consciousness. Consciousness is not in the physical world. Consciousness is a uh, spiritual energy that allows you to be aware of what you've created. So, um, so it, it isn't about the consciousness in the global consciousness in the world that people want to rise to. Um, uh, it isn't that. It, it isn't defined physically. Um, um, so, so that's something else to take a look at. But, mm-hmm. um, but it may be that, uh, and also, um, the principles aren't about living um, spiritually. Um, they're about a, a spiritual essence we all are a part of. So, mm-hmm. um, you see, now it may yes, mean yes. that you live, it may mean that with understanding, you're living at maybe what we would call a higher level of understanding, but it may be, it, it isn't about living spiritually. Um, although people might say that the feeling they get is one of, feeling spiritual, it's really about our spiritual essence. It's really about that we are the principles and we are creating an experience from a formless energy into a form. 
that's what the principles are pointing us to. Um, so it doesn't mean that um, it doesn't result in the fact that you want to live spiritually. Um, right. I want to live. I want to. I, I, I want to live with more understanding of these principles, and that seems to move me to live life um, less uh, less uh, reactive and with more love and understanding and feeling more connected to everything mm-hmm. in life, to all living things in life. Right. But it isn't like a focus to live spiritually. It's about grasping that we are already a spiritual essence. I see. Coming in, yeah, coming into form, coming into our physical form. And... uh being connected to the spiritual energy that allows us through thought to create our experience of life moment to moment, to know life, you see? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. So oh, well, the understanding... I hear you. Yeah, see, yeah, the understanding itself isn't leading people to live more spiritually, but it does tend to move people to live, to look more toward a deeper understanding about our true nature and about the nature of life. I see. So people could say they're living more spiritually, but you're already everything, like we said earlier in um, today, um, you're already everything you're looking for. You are already a spiritual energy. Um, I see. Yeah. But if you'd okay. like to drop me an email, maybe we could talk a little bit more. Because uh, okay. it isn't really something that should be creating fear. So there's a, a misunderstanding that I... No, really. And yeah. so I know, be, I know. I, I'm afraid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. But anyhow, drop me a line. I want to talk a little more there. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Janice. Um, I'm sorry we're running out of time. I... Um, and I appreciate, it looks like somebody from the UK is here, and I appreciate you um, being here and wanting to get some time and appreciate you um, raising your hand. But we have to come to a close for today, unfortunately. Um, again, uh, if people would like to drop me an email with a question, I'll try to answer it. Maybe not have the time to do so right away, but I will get to it. Um, so again, I want to thank all of you for being here today on the teleseminar. Um, again, um, if you all received, um, emails, uh, reminding you about the teleseminar, you will receive an email in the next couple of days, um, that will give you links to ways for you, for, for you to hear the recording of today's teleseminar. Um, so once again, I, I appreciate everyone who's on the call. Uh, sorry I couldn't get to all of you who had something to share. Um, but hopefully we'll hear from you next month. Well, have a good month, everybody. Good to see all of you again on the call. And um, goodbye. Have a good rest of the day or evening.